0: Um, happy Sunday. Uh, it's the Sunday right after Mother's Day. Um, I hope you've been having a, a great uh, couple of weeks since last we talked.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely have. It's been pretty wild because we decided about, geez, I don't even know what day it is or week it is, and it won't matter <laughs> by the time we publish this, but let's just say it this way uh, about five business days before a API event here in New York, we decided to sponsor it uh, at, you know, at the company I'm working at, Nihilus. And so um, it was kind of just a mad dash to get everything together. Uh, turned out to be a pretty great event, though. I was really happy with it. But um, yeah, between Mother's Day and that. I was pretty much preoccupied uh every moment of my existence for about a week. And this all brain cells has... on deck. <laughs> yeah. So like that yeah, that's funny. I told my daughter <laughs> that this morning. She asked me to add some number or she she has this thing right now where she wants to me to express every chunk of time in seconds. And I told her earlier today I was like, Well, we're gonna have to wait like ninety minutes to go do something at a carnival. Oh god. <laughs> Well, I said an hour and a half, right? But ninety right. minutes. So then she's like, "Great, how many seconds is that?" And I'm like, "No, uh, my brain is broken today on Sunday. Like, I won't be calculating seconds for you. Sorry."
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! Even if I it had knew that was coming, is like that would be yeah. My brain would just literally trip over itself trying to come up with an answer. Um, that yeah, that just would not happen. <laughs>
1: I've been getting better and better at it because it's just a fact of life. Right. Um, so it's just for whatever reason today, I'm not on my game, uh, but not in a bad way. It's been like the this weekend has been the opposite. It's just been like super chill. We went and saw my wife and I went and saw a show in Brooklyn that was like Ooh, super fun last that's night. Nice. Yeah. And then we've been, well, I don't know, we were at a six year old's birthday party by the <laughs> East River today, flying kites. I mean, just super chill.
0: Even better. And to, I don't know about... Um your weather today but judging by the weather from here it can't be too different it looks like it's perfect weather for flying kites
1: (laughs) oh it was fantastic yeah i mean that doesn't mean we were good at flying kites but the true people who knew what they were doing uh were having a great (laughs) great time at it
0: it's been a long time since i've even thought about flying a kite so i know i would be absolutely horrible at it (laughs) plus it would not be a good time good place around here to do it because it would be immediately caught in a tree so you know that would be no fun but um trees uh, huh what are those trees concept (laughs) um that there's actually a few trees that we have to like part of the reasons when uh when i moved to, to to maryland and and we bought my place is it sits on two acres of land half of it is basically forest So during, like right now when it's, everything is greened up, it's like, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Um, and then, but now it's also the realization of, well, there's a couple trees that aren't in such great shape. So they're a little close to the house. So it's like, okay, well now I'm in the, 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 the the side of the thing of like, well, now we have to address that. And it's like, but I don't want to cut down a tree. Like that's not, I I like trees, Um, but um, there's one that is in dire need, so it probably has to go. So it's weird being on the the flip side of It's like now we almost have too many trees
1: (laughs) on the That's interesting. I mean, honestly, before I would even get to my emotions about whether or not I want to cut a tree down, I'd probably be asking myself... (laughs) How do you cut a tree down? Like I I don't think I right? would even know how to start. All I know is that likelihood of my dying in the process is higher than probably it should be.
0: Oh yes, and it's definitely not going to be us doing it. Um there was we where I lived then this was probably easily 15 years ago. Um we had a a tree that had to be taken down and um called in someone um on that property. And they have a whole way of doing it. Like they, they have, uh, they came in with some specialized tools and literally tree climbing basically. And they would start off from the top and like just trim down bits. And I mean, they got it down and like, and they did it pretty quickly, but it's like almost top down, um, and start with the small stuff first. Then you, then you do some of the big stuff. Um, and that was a reasonably tall tree. This tree is taller than that, which makes me wonder like, oh, how are they going to get up there? Um, so we'll find out one of these days um, you know the in the adventures of addressing trees that are too close to to one's house for comfort, uh, we'll find out one of these days how 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 tree cutting or cutting down a tree that large actually works. <laughs> well I'll report back one of these days
1: yeah who knew that trees could be so adventurous i've uh you know it's just like totally a non-problem for me here in queens but <laughs> i i can get how that could be pretty scary um you know we uh we, we had a storm here a couple of years ago that literally ripped a tree up off the sidewalk like in one of the medians oh and just dropped it right on top of a car um <sighs> I happened no. to be walking past that scene the next day, just on a stroll. And I was like, wow, this is not something you see every day. It was like <laughs> right? a tree. St- like, I don't know. It was like, if you, if you were making a hot dog out of a tree in a car, the, the car was the bun. Um, and it was oh, <laughs> just one of those things. That, yeah.
0: <laughs> poor tree. But uh, I mean, probably should be f- feeling more sorry for the tree than the car, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that is a perfect visual. Like I can imagine like, Oh my goodness. That, that, just probably wrapped up into a taco shape.
1: <laughs> yep. So I, I don't know. I don't think I took pictures because it felt inappropriate. It sounds like <laughs> right. people were okay other than property being damaged, but you know, yeah,
0: yeah, it is one of those weird things. Cause like I didn't, when I lived in New York city I, or in a uh, Jersey city next to New York city, I didn't have to worry about it too much there. Um, but then it's like, we don't usually have terrible weather here. I mean, we get some severe storms they are usually reasonable to, to deal with nothing like the Midwest generally. Um, But there's been just a couple of times past once after I bought the house. And this was like a couple of years back. And another one just recently where it's like, Oh, 70 mile an hour winds. And it's like, this tree is looking sketchy enough as it is. Will it survive 70 mile an hour winds? I'm not 100% positive. It did, but I'm not sure how far I want to push my luck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, so. it's not worth it. <laughs> no. Well, I think in one of the, the hardest uh, sort of transitions ever... <laughs> we- <laughs> How
0: can we relate this to what's following?
1: <laughs> I mean, look, I, I'm not really sure. Well, here, let me let me just uh walk out on a limb, if you will. And, there we uh, go. Excellent. So, <laughs> and and actually think about this in terms of like, you know, we're we're gonna talk more AI stuff today. Um, it's all seemingly anyone's talking about right now. Um, mm-hmm. and I you know, my take on this is sort of like it is that kind of <sighs> This is a this is like the least positive way to frame it, but I'm just going with what we were talking about for a second. It's not actually how I think about it, but if you have like a tree outside that's like, hmm, I wonder if this is going to fall in my house or not, um, you could ignore that or you could go do something about it. And I, I kind of feel like that's AI right now. Oh,
0: that is Although, a perfect analogy, though. <laughs> Although, Although it's I, I, a negative analogy, but
1: <laughs> I feel the positive way about it, which is yes. more like whatever that is with trees. I don't know enough about trees to keep stretching this out, but like, honestly, it's just like Love it or hate it, you know, if you feel philosophical or, you know, existential about it, that's valid. But Mm -hmm. for me, I'm more like it's just a thing that's happening and we may as well lean into that, find the good things, try to mitigate the downside, mitigate the downsides. Um, And so, you know, we'll probably keep talking about this stuff for a, a while Still, uh but mm-hmm. we probably have a couple of um on our last show, um, which as of recording we haven't quite managed to get out yet, but like uh we'll soon. Almost there. Yeah, almost there. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we're gonna kind of continue on the theme though, of just kind of talking through like what are some of the things we're working on. Um, mm-hmm. because we're working maybe not on, but with and It's an
0: interesting way to think about it. Yeah, because it is very much a with these days when you're having conversations.
1: Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. And I think we're going to dive into a lot of that stuff. So at the risk of kind of getting into a little bit of what we talked about last episode, I thought this is probably a a solid place to to start, which is, you know, taking what, you know, just logging into chat GPT. Um, You get Mm -hmm. an account if you don't have one, but go grab one of those and take an open API spec and toss that right into the chat. So some of this is just going to be a little bit of me kind of tracing my steps when doing this. Uh, so I'll, I'll say that, you know, to kind of frame, like, why is this even interesting at all? Well, there this uh, API event that i'm talking about that i mentioned earlier so there was this event called api days here in new york last week uh so nihilus the company i work for sponsored it and i gave a talk at that event on re reinvesting and recommitting to your developers in a do more with less environment mm-hmm. through documentation mm-hmm. and so kind of talked through what our recent history was with kind of going from no docs team at Nihilus uh, to hiring one and setting them up for success and giving them a seat at the table and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Towards the end, I started getting into a bit of like, okay, where do we go from here kind of thing? You know, you kind of like stop the free fall of your docs having no owner to getting reactive in terms of, uh, you know, let's just start putting out fires, mm-hmm. then getting proactive in terms of like, let's set a roadmap and kind of, and again, like get involved in the product lifecycle and all of that. And then kind of really just starting to think ahead of like, what could some elements of the future of docs be? Right. And one of those things was just, you know, I've been, uh, as someone who has a wonderful time playing with chat GPT all the time and all of these tools, uh, of course, and, and as someone who we we've done podcasts right on right. Uh, open API specs mm-hmm. like last fall, we we talked a lot about that stuff, and so it just perfect feels, intersection, yeah, right? Because it's like, wait, this is a YAML file, right? Your open API spec is a YAML file that, uh, just it's the source of truth about whatever API you have, and of course, you might write guides around it, and indeed, you should, but mm-hmm. really, like. When it comes down to what does this API do, how do I interact with it, and those kind of things, like that's the source of truth. So, you know, YAML is not an unreadable format for humans, but it's certainly really not meant for humans, I would argue.
0: Yeah. I I am always I, I like the ideas behind YAML, and yet every time I look at a YAML file, I'm always like, okay, what does this really mean? Um, in terms of, cause I'm, I don't write YAML all the, all the time. And so I'm having to think a little bit about what does this a list or how is it going to be represented? Um, and the broader and larger your spec is the harder it's going to be just to grok all that information up front.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're going to have one, it's just going to get longer and longer with lots of indentation. And you're also going to be, uh, throwing in a bunch of references if you're mm-hmm. doing it. Uh, quote unquote, right. I mean, there's probably as long as you're doing it, that's probably better than not doing it. But eventually you're going to have components that you need to refer to. Right. uh, You know, so taking this kind of thing that was not really made for human eyeballs necessarily and then trying to make sense of it all. uh, And, you know, there's there's a lot of things we could do manually to do that. And indeed, you know, there are some automated tools that help like Mm -hmm. things like Swagger UI and the like. Um, that kind of put it into more of a consumable format and one that's interactive. That thing, Mm -hmm. you know, that stuff's awesome. But in addition to that, like, what if, and here's the fun bit, like, what if we could just talk to our open API spec? Um,
0: So nice.
1: Yeah, right. So let's, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm like, let's just try this and see how bad it is. Um, Well, not really. I, I kind of assumed it would be, again, like, I'm not, I'm framing this in a negative light light just like the trees but i gotta <laughs> say i felt pretty bullish about like this is probably going to be good so mm-hmm. uh anyways I, I fed one in it was a simplified spec um and the, the cool thing is just kind of retracing the step so just going into the chat mm-hmm. <laughs> literally just said hey here's an open api spec and pasted the whole thing in plain text so i'm sure there's a limit to if you're using chat gpt like how far you could go i think current limits like in the low the mid thousands in terms of tokens i think so but either way like you feed that in and that's all i did Uh, i just said hey here's a spec and automatically is its response because like chat gpt seems to be like trained to never just give you sort of an unhelpful yep
0: (laughs) got it (laughs)
1: Now, occasionally, I want that, and I'll actually say like, "Hey, can you like cut the chatter at the end of this next thing?" Because I'm just setting context. Like, right. I, I don't need a ten bullet points about like what 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 it is. I know what it is, right? But in this case, I just wanted to see what it would spit out, and it says, you know, it kind of then it reads it back to me as sort of like it gives me a brief explanation of what this API is, what it's meant for. And then it gives me like the main components of the API. So like, you know, the main sort of like objects, if you will, that Mm -hmm. you would be interacting with. And then at the end, it kind of talks a little bit about like, you know, what data format it uses for interchange. In this case, it's JSON and and that kind of thing. So it's just like a TLDR Mm -hmm. of overall, like here's what this API is without even me asking a
0: question it's interesting i mean it's kind of fun funny that um that is that seems to be the default response of of reiterating what you told it like going into explain mode it's good that it does it because like it would feel wrong if chat gpt just didn't respond at all when you gave it oh here's your spec and then crickets <laughs> like that's not <laughs> a great user experience so i'm glad that it does does repeat that back. Um, But also like, I mean, I would be checking then again. Okay. Does that match my, at least my current understanding of what's in the spec? Um, Is it getting some of that stuff right? Or do I need to course correct for moment one? Um, So it's, it's nice to make sure or it's a good way to keep, make sure that we're both on the same page, even though one of them is chat GPT.
1: (laughs) It's such an important point uh, because I think, we're also used to putting in queries to systems and getting back the response. Mm-hmm. And so you never double like in other systems, right? Like you, you, you're not going to double down on that same thing and expect a different answer. Like instead you may massage your query instead. Um, in this case, you really like, and we'll probably come back to this later and we uh, we will talk a little bit about this uh, scraper. I co-wrote with chat GPT. Uh, and in those situations, like one of the things I tend to find that I want to course correct on anytime I'm talking to ChatGPT about Node.js mm-hmm. is uh, I want to use ESMs. I don't want to use uh, CommonJS requires. Right. So mm-hmm. you want to use the import mo- uh, import your modules as opposed to require them. Right. I- I've never had ChatGPT just assume that off off you know from from square one. I always have to go back and ask it to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, there's been similar examples where I've had to do something similar, uh, not necessarily in the context of Node.js, but um, like extensibility with Adobe. If I'm asking it a question about, say, UXP is like, OK, that's great, um, but here's how you actually go find that constant or what have you. And then it comes back and it's like, oh, that's right, I- I'll-, I'll switch it to this. And then it gets the right syntax or it pulls it from the right file. Um, but it doesn't always... Uh, like because UXP and the extensibility in, in Adobe products is JavaScript, like it, it knows everything about how you do it in Node.js or CommonJS or these other things. And so it can be a little bit interesting to convince it. This is the way it works in this environment, which is not the common environment that everyone is working in. Um, but it, it does self-course correct really nicely. Like I don't have to give it a whole lot of pushing and then it gets gives me the code that that I would expect. Yeah,
1: it's, it's nice to be able to say, I mean, again, like there's some part of this where it's just like that. I don't know if that's like, is it CSI, like that thing where it's like enhance image kind of thing. <laughs> right. But when you're coding with chat GPT, like it really feels that way. It's like, yes. all right, I like what you did there, but like, let's change that to ESM. And also, uh, I don't want to use Axios. I'd rather use like node native fetch, which is a thing now. Um, and so like that, that kind of stuff, like you can just. Sort of ask it that, and then you don't have to. in In my experience with Chat GPT, anyways, you don't have to keep repeating your preferences in a right. given chat.
0: Yes, yeah. If it's in a new chat, I'm assuming. I mean, because it loses its history of what you've talked about in the past. But yeah, I've never had to restate or like have it revert to um, a previous style of coding. It always seems it always keeps remembering whatever tweaks I've made to it, which is really nice. I'm not always sure that I as a person would always get that right, given um, how sometimes my brain cells fail me when it comes to memory.
1: (laughs) Well, and uh, yeah, you got to say, too, like everybody has their coding preference. And this is why we have things like, you know, uh, linters and and the Mm -hmm. like that enforce certain things or will, you know, kind of just make it happen on the fly. I you know this feels like something that's just an inevitable pro inevitable product coming from Microsoft and GitHub at some point, yeah. which will be like I'm gonna tell you all of my biases about JavaScript, you know, and you you do that <laughs> you know it's- and so in other words, like let's default to arrow functions put a semicolon. If it's there, I don't care if it's possible. Like I don't care if it's optional, like semis are really important to me Mm -hmm. Uh, and those kind of things. And just kind of have it remember all of that stuff so that next time I spin up a new context, I'm not, I don't have to front load all of my preferences uh, or biases ahead of time.
0: (laughs) In a lot of ways, it's like, here's some code I write now, continue to write code as, as if it as if it were me, um, kind of like you know, like the um, what is it, um, the AI voice uh, cloning solutions where you can mm-hmm. l- record your voice and then you can eventually just type words and it'll and it'll use your voice uh, as if you spoke those. Like here's a product of code like I would code, um, and here's my preferences, um, and then just use that in all f- future coding examples.
1: I love it. Yeah. YOLO code like I would code <laughs> all caution to the wind. Now the downside is, is it
0: may make the very same mistakes that I would also make. So that's not always a, maybe a good idea, but
1: you just come back later and it's like, AI, why did you do this? And it, it's like, I but learned you it would. from
0: you. <laughs> Or we find out that through the wonders of like uh, a chat GPT plugin, it then has decided, Oh, this person would go and use an AI chat GPT um, account to go and ask a question. So it has then spawned another agent to talk to you. Um, and you know, now you have it turtles all the way down where you have a hundred uh, chat GPT agents coding like the one before it. <laughs>
1: Oh, there better be turtles all the way down. <laughs> I think like that's already starting to happen, and I I just as a one individual have not caught up to that piece of it yet. But like mm-hmm. that that'll that'll continue. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 been kind of interesting just to see like you know the different ways that you can coach it. And so like you know coming back to like how we got on the thread, it's like mm-hmm. well, let's say for you know we were talking about like if we feed it into uh, feed an open API spec into it, and it just said uh, gotcha. Gotcha, pal. Mm-hmm. Like that is not as helpful as like having it do a readback. So like you were saying, we could kind of confirm that we share the same understanding. Yeah, a- and indeed, sometimes like if you don't get that kind of response, it's it's helpful for you to ask it how it understood something, so that you know to try to build that common understanding. So, right. You know when it does give you, here's the five bullet points. Sometimes it feels like superfluous, and sometimes it's like actually no. We needed that just in case you were getting it wrong.
0: Right, exactly.
1: So, you know, so far in this chat, we've fed in a spec and then it mm-hmm. told us what it understood about the spec. And I was satisfied with that from the get go. It was perfect. And then from there, this is where the fun begins, because you can really start to ask it a few things like for um, example, like, you know, I just thought I'd start with a simple uh, yes, no scenario, and ask it if I could you know hey can i i don't know let's say in you know, a to do app like uh could I get all of the to do lists for a given user and mm-hmm. it'll tell me yes or no, and then of course again it'll provide that context mm-hmm. so you're starting to one i I mean in this scenario, I'm still just building the confirmation that we share a common understanding right but doing some yes no questions can help calibrate mm-hmm. So that's pretty basic, but then after that, I think like where you go from there is just to, well, um, uh, indeed, what I did in this case was just like ask it for a more like how would I go about doing this? So instead of phrasing it as a can I, now it's like how can I, right. and you want to give it a bit more of a complicated scenario that you know might span a couple of different um, endpoints just mm-hmm. to see how it's going to walk you through that,
0: right? And how did that go?
1: Um, ridiculously well. I mean again, like <laughs> the funny part of it is that throughout this exercise it was um, really not much of me calibrating at all. so the funny part was like almost from step two like step one again was like can I do this yes or no?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, yeah, that feels right also it's just like telling me what endpoints do so I, I guess you know that's still amazing by the way, but like <laughs> right yes it, it is uh, you know just one of those things where um, okay. Yes or no questions are one thing. Now, multi-step questions. What would it be? How do I do this? And I mean, again, like I just never felt like I was giving it feedback to say, well, that's not quite what I need to do. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Maybe I was just testing it on something like uber simple. But like, I think either way, like, you know, kind of as I find that slowly stepping in to building a context and Mm -hmm. providing it with feedback, getting feedback from it and then doing that a few times before I get into the real thing, Mm -hmm. um, tends to lead me to better outcomes.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, like we would have to do that in a lot of ways if we were talking to another person, like, especially someone who was coming in who didn't have the context of what you were doing. Yeah. Maybe you don't have to explain, um, uh, invent the universe to talk to the person but you can still like i would still have to grok your yaml file i would still have to understand the context of what you're trying to accomplish before i could answer those yes no questions and so it is an interesting thing where in a lot of ways we're not used to treating a computer that way um or or software that way is like like i I don't have to explain to a calculator how to compute some integral or what have you, it just, it knows. Um, Whereas in this case, like you do have to come to it with like, here's the context of what I'm doing. Otherwise, who knows what the result's going to be? Maybe it'll it'll do well and get you there, but without some of that context, it it doesn't really have a a great start. Um, And it's, it's worth remembering, I think that we have to provide that and then ensure that we're on the same page before we can actually uh, take it, go any further with that, or the results are going to just be Uh, maybe less than stellar. um, But with the right context, it can really excel.
1: And I found that in this particular scenario, I'm rarely correcting it on veracity, Mm -hmm. which is not the case for every chat GPT conversation I ever have. Certainly in some cases, I'm like, hey, that does that's not right. (laughs) And here's how I need you to think about this in the future. But mm-hmm. at least when it came to the open API stuff that I've done so far yeah. in ChatGPT, like instead of correcting it on like, is this answer right or not? Sometimes it's just me learning how to ask a better question. So, you know- <laughs> Which
0: is extremely valuable.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, geez, like I, I mean, there's, there's a lot to be said for, uh, you know, er- early on I kind of predicted when I started playing with this, I was like, we're all gonna get a lot better at asking questions to other humans through playing with this thing Mm -hmm. because suddenly like there are certain things that you just can't take for granted. For example, so, so far we talked about like, okay, feed in the feed in the spec, then ask, can I do this? Right. Then ask, how do I do this? And then, which neither of those things I was actually interested in, but I just, again, we're, we're setting the stage. Now mm-hmm. I'm getting to, okay, what I really want to do with this is start to build uh, developer enablement content faster, right? right? Things like docs, things like mm-hmm. guides, things like tutorials. Mm-hmm. So I moved on from there. And my next question was uh, verbatim, what, what would a getting started guide for this API look like? And... Mm-hmm. In my mind, now in retrospect, and I'm sharing this for all the world to hear, should anyone want to, it's just not a good question because uh, it can be interpreted in multiple ways. But I think what I was really asking for was more like draft me a getting started guide. Yes. Um, but <laughs> the answer came back and it was factually correct. Just again, nice. my question sucked. But what I was asking uh, was again, verbatim, what I, what would a getting started guide for this API look like? And it came back with a nine point list of things that should be included structurally in a getting started guide for this (laughs) API. (laughs) And nice. That's probably really the right answer, right? Like that's actually answering the question I asked, not the question I meant yet didn't Mm -hmm. freeze. Uh, So it was, it was interesting because one, like, okay. in, In some ways it was an interesting find because like, I found myself nodding along with this whole list. It talks about, for example, well, you're going to want to have an introduction. Mm -hmm. You're going to want to talk about prerequisites. You're going to want to show off the base URL. You're going to want to talk about the individual endpoints and how to use them. You'll want to talk about data schemas and error handling. You'll want to provide some code samples. You'll want to make sure that they understand things like rate limits and other governance kind of things. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, make sure you link out to other things like support and resources. And I'm like, Yeah, that's great. Uh, (laughs) I agree. It's really good to know that you're this thorough about understanding the structure of a good getting started guide. Um, So of course, my next question was not a question. It's just like, did you just write this (laughs) thing? Actually, no, my next question was a question. It says, can you write that getting started guide for Node.js 18 users? Hmm. And this was the uh, this was the million dollar question mm-hmm. it did just that it printed it out with all the all the code samples um, it did it basically followed all of its own advice about, you know, which things to include in the in the getting started guide. Um, so it was just really impressive. Um, no, no notes other than dear human ask better questions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it's so true. Cause like, I mean, we, we, we have to infer a lot. I mean, you could ask a human that too. usually we would infer that you probably are looking for a draft uh, of it, but maybe you are asking about the information architecture of the document or, um, like, like a big thing uh, in the back of my mind these days is, um, generating docs for, um, for a whole set of API surfaces and it's, it's the first time we're doing it. We're starting it from scratch. So, okay. What makes, what makes that easy for you end users to understand? I'm not looking for the draft of the content right now. I'm looking for the, the pathway, the journey, the, how, how do you structure the site and the docs? And then we'll deal with that later, but I could just as easily be looking for the reverse. Um, so it does. Yeah. It does call out like vital to ask the, to, Properly frame the question. My other question mark in my brain is, and it's hard to know with ChatGPT because, or with any of these LLMs, is like the same question repeated does not yield always the same result because there's always a little bit of randomness in here. I'm curious how much that first question. That then yielded the structure ChatGPT then used in its response is like, okay, now ChatGPT knows it has said here's how what a getting started guide should look like and then build a getting started guide that looks like that. If the question hadn't been asked, what I'm curious what the getting started guide would have looked like.
1: (laughs) It's. Such a good question. And I have no idea, <laughs> right? Because like, that's the interesting part of all of this is like, there are no two people are having the same experience ever, mm-hmm. as far as I can tell. I mean, I, so I just started playing Tears of the Kingdom this last weekend. And I'm I'm sort of like, not, I know, these are not the same thing. But there is something to like, well, like the the Tears of the Kingdom you are playing mm-hmm. is inherently different than the one i am playing because i'm making different choices every exactly. second and yeah. we're we're living in basically different realities in the same world mm-hmm.
0: which is it's weird to think i mean it's like a very linear game yeah almost everyone probably has the same same experience because you couldn't play the game any other way but then you have all these open world experiences and it's like The order in which you discover things, then the order in which you learn things, the things, you know, versus the things someone else knows are entirely different based upon how you played that thing. And it is. It's weird. It's a little bit weird to think about it in that way. And I I mean, it's closer to life, obviously, but um, it just because you are talking about a given thing doesn't mean everyone's going to experience it the same way, which is fascinating. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think we talked about this last time. I've I mentioned this in a few areas of my life over and over again recently. But like when it comes to using chat GPT's APIs to, to build things, mm-hmm. like a couple of things that make it kind of tricky to like, if you're going to expose something as a chat or an autocomplete, like part of the reason why I think we're seeing these interfaces is because you can kind of just expose the result and move on. And you're right. In other words, like there's there's less there's not really a chance in those cases that like, your code is going to choke on an unexpected response because all you're doing is taking that text and exposing Mm -hmm. it as a string in a UI. Right. Um, Whereas if you are trying to (laughs) build on a response from GPT and use that response programmatically, like you really have to prepare for basically anything, even if you have been pretty clear with the AI that you want something specific. So I think the, and again, I'll try not to go into this in detail because I feel like we maybe talked about this last time, but like the, the two limitations that I intend to write about at some point when, when working with the API in that way is that one, you just mentioned this was this response or not responses are not deterministic. Mm-hmm. So given the same input, you're never you're not guaranteed to get the same output every time. Right. Because it's trying to be conversational. Mm-hmm. And that's true even if you say just answer with yes or no yeah <laughs> it might or it might not it might give you a full sentence occasionally and you need to be ready for that and so that's the other part is like um but you you know like one you can't predict the response based on a given input and then two it's harder to normalize that response like you kind of have to be ready to take anything mm-hmm. um now i suspect there's probably tools out there that do this pretty well um i've only been trying to do it so far with open ai's uh chat GPT APIs and given their very nature of trying to be conversational like they 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 wouldn't want to always have the response be the same and just yes or no
0: right yeah I mean that's not how we have a conversation and um you're the the person having that conversation is not trying to be a computer so it makes it makes perfect sense but it is it is a challenge I think in terms of even if i even if i ask chat gpt like give me well formatted json back and structure your object in this particular form the uh programmer in me said thinks like well great now it's always going to be in json i just have to parse the thing maybe not like it may not always be valid json that comes back and so you have to be able to catch the cases when it it uh adds a little bit more description or decides this is the time I'm not going to give it to you in in syntactically valid JSON at all.
1: Yeah, so at that point, like the API that you're talking to is just another interlocutor that could theoretically be like as random as any human being. Mm-hmm. And and therefore like that, th- that presents a real challenge when you're expecting to do something programmatically with a response yeah. because like you do have to eventually filter that into... Um, any number of like finite number of like paths from there Mm -hmm. so getting used to that way of like anything could come back and i need to handle not only true or false but also a bunch of other scenarios (laughs) like if if all i was looking for is yes or no uh uh, there's still plenty of other scenarios that i need to be on Mm. the watch for
0: yeah oh it it is an interesting way of thinking um because you're not as a programmer you're not necessarily used to thinking that way you are for the user validate your user's endpoint don't don't trust what your users are 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 putting into your apps uh, ui but now you also have to do it if you're talking to a, a a chat gpt agent or other llm um and so it it is an interesting shift in mindset
1: yeah so i recently wanted to kind of co-collaborate with chat gpt hmm on building something else that uh, you know so uh i'll just say it i was building a scraper uh, i spoke at, <laughs> i spoke at uh the that api days that i mentioned a couple of times and mm-hmm. uh, there were there were a bunch of speakers on there and i'm like uh i know some of these folks are authors and i just like a list of all the speakers and i want to be able to see pretty quickly like which which one of these are potentially authors of books i I'm just curious mm-hmm. and so <laughs> uh that the the landing page for the event had all however many speakers it was it was a lot and so i thought well i want to scrape this and i can write a scraper just fine Mm -hmm. you know if you're a node.js developer you know you're probably going to pull something like cheerio off the shelf and right and do that but i thought well this will be an interesting chance to I, I've used GitHub Copilot so much like, and the autocompletes, um, so I, I have a reasonable sense of how to work with that, but mm-hmm. I hadn't really just like sat side-by-side side, uh, with um, ChatGPT and just kind of coded something out like this from scratch. Right. Generally, if I'm talking to ChatGPT about code, it's a little bit of, you know, help me out with this kind of thing in the middle mm-hmm. of something, and I don't provide it a ton of context. Right. So, that this, well, this will be interesting because I can just start by telling it what I want to do and let, let's see where we get. So, um, you know, basically the way I kicked this off was just I told it like I'm a Node.js developer. There's a single web page with a list of uh, uh, conference speakers and I want to scrape that information for use in a spreadsheet. Can you show me how to do that? Um, and so, like the initial response is actually really pretty good, uh, just not like totally on the mark. And right. you know, I won't go through painstaking detail detail on all of this one because uh, it kind of follows a similar pattern to what mm-hmm. we just discussed, which is load context and then course correct.
0: Right
1: here, when you are building a project from scratch with it, you probably will find, based you know, like what we have spoken about just a moment ago, you will end up course correcting it a bit more because. Yeah. You have how you want to write, and it has what it's going to give you. Yeah. So, uh, with again, without going into full detail, um, just to not be boring, but uh, (laughs) like I'll just kind of go through some of the main points. So it gave me back something that used uh, Axios and Cheerio. So Axios, of course, used uh, like basically one of the most well-known. Uh, HTTP clients uh, for Node.js, mm-hmm. and uh, it came back with something where it was just like you pull in those two, you also pull in something, uh, you require in something called JSON 2 CSV. Uh, the two is a number, mm-hmm. um, and it does what it says on the ten. So you can kind of imagine, right? You're gonna you're gonna hit up, you're gonna hit up that web pages URL. You're gonna use Cheerio to grab things from the DOM, like different elements that you want. Right. Then you're gonna somehow massage that into uh, uh, JSON format. And if I remember correctly, maybe Cheerio just does that. Uh, so, thankful <laughs> doing it with chat GPT means that I didn't really have to <laughs> kind of like think through all the details on the how do you convert the data types, but... Nice. Ultimately then you use that JSON to CSV module to spit out um, the CSV. So... You know, you can probably guess based on the conversation up to this point, like some of my points of feedback. Mm-hmm. First up, I don't want to use common JS requires. I want to mm-hmm. use ESM modules. ESM modules, I guess, is redundant, but
0: but uh, yes, <laughs> I want to do the right it. ES modules, I guess, works.
1: <laughs> yeah, ESM <laughs> imports. I don't know, uh, but I wanted to use import <laughs> syntax, so it came back with that and it did it just fine. It even got. Um, you know, there's the little trick where uh, when you use, if you're using the FS module in node, yeah, and you're using ESM and you want to do promises, you actually have to import FS slash promises in order to get that.
0: And got it just right. got, that's awesome. That's so got it cool. right.
1: And that is not something I often remember just because like, that's a weird little gotcha kind of thing mm-hmm. that is just. You just kind of have to know you need to do it. So it's like nice not to have to fidget with your imports just to get it right. Uh, But the next thing was, um, let me see here. I was asking it for some things around, um, again, like once it started to import all of the stuff that I needed to do uh, with with ESM imports, we'll call it. Uh, the next thing was to ask it to stop using promises in favor of async await. Nice. Yeah. So, like, right, like, initially it gave me the axios dot whatever mm-hmm. dot then right. dot then dot then dot catch kind of thing.
0: The the, pyra- the pyramid of, of promises. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> or not a exact... chain of promises when, either way.
1: It's not callback hell, but I always yeah. felt like you know when you're using promises they're they're perfectly fine easy totally readable but at the same time like once you're in a promise chain i always felt like you're just like on this sort of moving you're you're running on top of a moving boulder that you can yes. never get off
0: of you know <laughs> and sooner or later you're going to make a mistake and and everything is going to to fall apart and it's not going to be obvious why it has suddenly broken um which is why i love async Away. i mean there's still god pitfalls there but it's so much easier for my brain to keep track of
1: yeah, we've, we've talked before about like, I know in one episode, I was like, oh, here's some syntax errors I would have never made, but like Copilot did. And, you know, not to like be like, I don't make syntax errors, but I'll tell you like where I will do it is in promise chains because there's oh, yes. just so much punctuation involved. It's <laughs> and easy, I'm horrible
0: at punctuation.
1: <laughs> easy to mess that up. It's just like oh, okay. sometimes like VS Code's like yelling at you about something. And it's like, I know I need another parentheses in here where does it go? You know, (laughs) I'm like, I don't Uh, need to be told it's not working. I need to be told where to fix it. Yeah.
0: Or, or commas in relation to, uh, I know, I know I I need to put this comma somewhere, but grokking in my brain between which set of parentheses does this thing belong or there. Yeah. It's especially a couple of times there was a, uh, maybe last week I was doing some react code and it was same, same exact thing. It's like, well, shoot VS code. Thanks. But this still doesn't help me solve the problem. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that happens enough times that and and here's here's a time where it happened actually. So fantastic, sort <laughs> of
0: <laughs> way I'm to transition reading your mind.
1: You are you are because so so far right. We I, I I just asked it to make something. Then I I told it my use case. Asked it to mm-hmm. make something. Then I said okay, we're going to use ESM for the imports. Then we're going to use async await instead of promises, mm-hmm. and um, then. I tried, I was probably only then that I tried running the code or, and I looked at VS code is yelling at me about something. And it was saying basically, so there was a line in here where the, this, I thought this is kind of cute. I don't know if this is normal or not when using Cheerio, <laughs> but the way the chat GPT wrote the constant variable name for uh, Cheerio was a dollar sign, <laughs> like a la jQuery, <laughs> which is, makes which makes a lot of sense, right? Because that's basically what it's yes. ser- serving as.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: so I, I thought, well, okay, that, that's really cute. So there was a line in here that says uh, const dollar sign equals Cheerio dot load. And then you pass in the HTML body mm-hmm. or sorry, you just pass in the HTML. I don't know if it was the, the body or what. Yeah. Whatever. Response. It so VS Code was telling me that uh, Cheerio was dep- deprecated. And I thought, well, that doesn't feel right. And I went and yeah, Cheerio is still a thing. Um, it's not. You know, the whole module is not deprecated. Let's start digging into this. And this is the one part where I had to, like, jump out Stack Overflow. Because, again, <laughs> so far, I haven't used a lot of my own brain power on this. I'm, like, mid-script. And I'm, like, right. oh, crap. I better... I don't, something's wrong. <laughs> now I have wrong. to
0: engage brain cells again. Oh, no. Yeah, so
1: I just took the error code that VS Code was giving me and Googled it. And, of course, there's, like, a Stack Overflow thing. And uh, so it turns out that um, what you need to do is uh you need to destructure the load <gasps> method
0: oh. from
1: cheerio when you import it right so that i know it's jargon yep. so for folks that are not uber javascripty like basically what i mean by that is like when you do the import you're going to do import and then in curly brackets you pull out that load method as a top level concern so it's import curly bracket load in close curly bracket from Cheerio. Mm-hmm. And so that that pulls out, like, for whatever reason, you can't just import Cheerio and then use it that way. You have to yank out. And I'm sure there's good reasons why. Honestly, not something that when you're writing a scraper, maybe you care about that much. <laughs> it's just a little script. So I didn't look into it. But like, the cool thing was, I, you know, well, was this cool? This was like the one time where uh, in, in this whole flow that I felt like ChatGPT just got it totally wrong. And I almost wonder if this happened after the. Possibly, but I could also
0: understand why it got it wrong because when I deal with ES modules, especially ones I haven't written, like I will tend to have a very specific pattern. Like I'm always explicitly, I I will almost always export with a named export because of this problem, because sometimes you don't know when do i have to use it in a curly bracket when do i when can i just import it straight into a regular variable and it that's maybe one of the things that was is a little bit frustrating about es modules i think Mm -hmm. i can see where they were going why they made the choice there but or let it be an option but it it could also be that you know because there's so many great examples of libraries out there that do it this way and then there's great libraries out there that will always have a named export that you have to destructure I almost wonder, it could either be that Cheerio changed something or ChatGPT was just making a, a little bit human of a mistake where it works this way for most libraries, so I'll just do that first.
1: <laughs> it's such a good point, and you're totally right. Like You mentioned earlier that ESM can have its pitfalls, and this is definitely one, which is you, you really, at the outset, have to uh, kind of grok whatever this particular library's expectations are on how you mm-hmm. will interact with the import. And I have to say, like, I don't know what your experience or your mileage has been on this, but like for me, occasionally I'm using something where the documentation just covers common JS requires and yes. you are meant to kind of figure it out from there yes. when you're using ESM, how to grab into the thing that you want. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's a little more trial and error than it is a science.
0: Very much so. And so the number of times that it's like, well, I'll just pick one. I'll go with it. If I get a runtime or a Webpack error at compile time, then I'll just try it the other way. Um, and it's embarrassing how often I, I have to pull that trick. But it's like that is that is my one of my frustrations there. And so I could totally understand why Chat GPT might goof there because I goof there all the time.
1: And once, once we got that fixed up, I just told it about that. Uh, I was like, Hey, uh, here, here's what I had to do instead. And it, it's like okay, cool, um, kind of thing.
0: It's and- it's so nice when it when it when you give it a feedback is like, oh, I'm sorry, or you know, it'll be very apologetic. Here's the re- revised version. I I love how apologetic it is.
1: And the only reason that I provided that feedback because like sometimes I'm providing it feedback because I'm like I don't want to have to repeat myself later on. Let's mm-hmm. add this to the context, but like I won't be re-importing this in this chat context. I'm done with right. that piece. I, I kinda did that as sort of like, am I helping somebody in the future because I gave this thing? I, I I don't know how OpenAI is handling the sort of but maybe. correction <laughs> piece of this, but I'm like, maybe if eventually enough people give it that signal that like some at some point someone doesn't have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, this is my sort of public service for <laughs> for this <laughs> for this little minor script that I'm writing and, and maybe someone will benefit. Who knows?
0: fingers crossed knock on wood i'd like i'd like to think so
1: <laughs> so from there the rest of this was like super easy so like mm-hmm. what i all I, all we've done so far right was like i said hey i want to build the scraper here's a, uh, given a web page show me how to do x y and z uh and then adhere to my code preferences when it comes to the how i import how i mm-hmm. handle asynchrony uh and then the next step was just like okay cool so you know when it came down to like actually figuring out, by the way, in the scraper piece, like how to get at a specific like what I actually wanted from the DOM. I just went out on a limb and assumed that chat GPT was going to be useless at that because like Mm -hmm. I I keep running into that same wall of like you can't scrape like chat GPT can't scrape web pages or whatever. So, yeah, it doesn't
0: see the outside world.
1: Yeah. um, A a couple of months ago, like this was something I kept running into where I was like, hey, uh, I think we talked about this at some point, but I was like, given this web, I was like, take, take, read this web page and then do, you know, tell me, give me the TLDR of the article, I think was the one we talked about Mm -hmm. in a previous episode. So, you know, of course, it just made up a bunch of stuff (laughs) based on the slug (laughs) in the URL. And it took me a while to unwind that and figure it out. And then I I was like, oh, right, because it can't go there. So in other words, I was like, well, I mean, that's going to be the true for a scraper as well, of course, Mm -hmm. because it's still just reading in a web page. So on that front, that was just me like in DevTools inside of uh, Safari or Chrome or whatever I was using to, to find the things I wanted. That part got into like more, you know, you're just scripting, which is, hey, uh like exactly. scripting. I like scripting <laughs> <We love> scripting. <laughs> yeah. So that part of it was kind of fun enough. And I was kind of massaging the data a little bit mm-hmm. to kind of figure out what loop within a loop do I need to get the things that I want. Uh, but it really kind of let me focus on the specific of like, you know, if if anything in this whole project was going to be bespoke to my project, it mm-hmm. was what's the one element I want on this page?
0: Yeah, the rest of yeah. it
1: more or less like you know the the ai can kind of figure out what to do and it's you wouldn't call it necessarily boilerplate but there's nothing like it's particularly unique to what i'm trying to do
0: yeah it's it's you i mean it's common enough patterns here's elements on a page convert those to csv um i did something similar a while back because um for filing taxes um the software page that we had, um, I, because I moved states, I had to d- split dates, right? And so this half of it goes on this, this half of it goes on the other, but the software didn't allow me to export that detail on its own. But it did present me a nice little HTML page. <laughs> and so I used some JavaScript to split all that out. And then it's like, oh, I could ask ChatGPT, all of this stuff. And same, same exact following, is like, I've got this table, it has this, this kind of data in it give me the javascript to do this and then you kind of course correct as it goes down the 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 path and like the the conversion to csv is nothing novel so like Mm -hmm. it it excelled at that perfectly um and then what consistently amazed me was like the fact that oh you know like in this particular case you have it's not just text in these fields there's currency in these fields for some cases or it's a date it's like okay i could tell it well can you detect if there's a dollar sign in here and then convert it to currency and then it just spits back the right code back at me and say like oh here's how you turn it into a number and it's like this is so cool
1: (laughs) it's one of the nice things about uh being a, a web developer is you know sometimes you're presented with something like that where you're like if you were in standard user land you'd be like well this is the end of the path i can't mm-hmm. get the thing i want but like give me a web page like kind of now i'm just kind of rolling my eyes going like well i guess i'm gonna be coding for a minute here <laughs> but i will still get what i want <laughs> it's
0: it, it's so yeah it's like it's so cool that you can actually go and it's like okay i i will put aside the annoyance at the lack of a, a product feature but you can still get get what you want and then now with chat gpt doing it it's like they, i almost wonder like will there be a is there a chat GPT plugin that could now like or you could write one maybe that's like, okay, I'm going to go fetch some elements off the page. Could you go find the relevant IDs for me and incorporate that and then you wouldn't have to go out and do it yourself. But that's so cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that, it's gonna happen, right? I mean, at some point, we won't even have to do this chunk of it. But the fact that we can helps and, you know, so like, it was kind of in this time where I was like, noodling around with the DOM just trying to like, figure out like which specific elements do I want and how do I want to handle that programmatically uh, in data structures that uh, I had to jump on a call with our uh, (laughs) director of growth marketing. uh, And so again, all of this is in the context of work. We we have like five business days to like sponsor this event.
0: (laughs) You got to be really scrappy. (laughs) But, But
1: at the same time, like this, this kind of rolls into like, when I was talking to him, I was like, yeah, I'm writing the scraper right now to like learn more about like all the speakers and stuff. And You know, he was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And I was like, Yeah, just kind of like, you know, it's kind of turning into a fun little thing. And he was like, Hmm, is that a, (laughs) is it, (laughs) is it like, is it helping or is it a distraction? And I was like, 1000% distraction, but it's so much fun. (laughs) And I'm reminded of like SKCD, like, has a a number of different great things about automation. uh, Mm -hmm. But one of them is like, I pulled it up here, I'll I'll throw it in the show notes, but like, number uh, 1000, 1319 1319 the comic it's like about automation and it's like um i spend a, like in quotations it's i i spend a lot of time on this task i should write a program automating it and it shows you what the theory is which is like <laughs> You you eventually when yes. automation automation takes over and now you have all this free time, but like the actual reality is that you start writing code, then you're debugging, then you're rethinking, and then like ongoing development just like continues <laughs> to stretch up to the right on the timeline. It's,
0: it is so <laughs> true. It's it happens every time.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. And that that I mean like that's scripting sometimes, right? It's like if you can get to like the simple and imperfect solution, which I eventually did, mm-hmm. um then then you're good, you know. But at the same time, like you can totally see like how this thing can be perfect and like get exactly what you want Just this way. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I eventually found that line with this little silly, like (laughs) white project that I was doing, um, which was the next step. So, um, I wanted it to just go out and hit, uh, some API. I said, basically like given an author's name, Mm -hmm. Uh, how can I find out if this person wrote a book or not? And uh Chat GPT came back helpfully with um with the Google Books API, which I know I knew of at some point. But it wouldn't
0: have occurred to me.
1: It didn't it didn't occur to me, and by the way, it didn't occur to GitHub co pilot chat, which is probably yeah, so Uh, I'm going to skip that whole thing for now. And maybe at some point we'll talk about GitHub Copilot chat. <laughs> yes. I got a early access to it um, early in air quotes. I'm, I'm not really sure how early it is at the stage. But a- as a recording, it's a plugin that you have to run inside of VS codes, like mm-hmm. Insiders nightly build or something. And, and so at some point I jumped out of chat with GPT and I was like, well, I'm already in VS code and I literally like probably in real time got access to this stuff. So I was like, I'll try it out um the only thing i'll mention today is like github copilot like recommended some other api that ended up like not having all sorts of issues and Mm. so once i exited back to chat gpt (laughs) it was like yeah (laughs) github or sorry google books api and that was where this is where i found the line basically Mm -hmm. so on first run it worked just fine the code it gave me it just so you send a name out to the API and back, it will give you a list of um, books that they've authored, but you may be aware that, I don't know, like there's probably only one uh, Ash Ryan Arnwine out there and probably only one carry shots. Uh, so I, but <laughs> so, well, maybe, maybe, right. I don't know. I didn't Google our names, but I guess what I'm right? trying to say is like we have relatively unique names, unique but names, like there but... are plenty, there are plenty of people out there that, that, that don't. And right. And so like, you know, what I've kind of ran into was I would send a speaker's name from this conference to that API and back, it would come with a list of stuff that were like, one was like a bunch of children's books. <laughs> now, now, now maybe that maybe that they have written those. It could be right? I, right. I, you know, they, it was children's books in another language about uh, what, from what I could tell nothing to do with APIs <laughs> or technology. So if, fine. That I'm not saying that they didn't do that. Maybe they did, but I'm also like, all right. So then I'm trying to get smart and I'm like, Hey, so tell me like, how can I filter on technology books? And it turns out that's like a really unsolved problem. You can't, you can't just say like, I'm going to filter on cat X category and a regular rest API can like give you everything infallibly, like, mm-hmm. because categories could be any arbitrary string and yeah. rest API is just going to match one to one. So then that turned into this whole sort of like, all right, then I'll just take all I'm going to, I'm gonna run all of the categories through OpenAI open and like have it guess if it's technology related or not, and then I'll get the purest list of whether or not these are books related. But at some point, you're over in engineering, right? Right. This is, yes. this is a script. I can it's look a through the
0: thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, we're talking fifty speakers max. I right. think I didn't count something along those lines, and. Maybe half of them have written books, ostensibly, and maybe some of them are being like sort of false positives. And but guess what? I have eyeballs. I can just like look through the spreadsheet and determine like this isn't that hard at this point. So that's where (laughs) I finally hit the escape button and said, you know what? Like, let's just go with what we had. And and that's where I ended.
0: That is a that is a hard line for me to figure out frequently too because I get into the problem solving aspect of it as like, oh, you can make this perfect. You could try and figure this out. This leads to all sorts of other questions. Like the rabbit hole is is infinitely deep here. Cause how do you solve the categorization problem? How do you do all these other things? And um like taking a moment to go like, okay, I've got enough. Don't have to to over engineer it or boil the ocean. Um that's that's a lesson I'm always constantly learning. But It doesn't help in this particular case that it makes it so easy, like you want to continue the conversation. It's like, I want to get this even further uh, nailed down.
1: It's so hard sometimes (laughs) when you're like, I know what to do. Yes. Yes. The question is, should I spend this time doing that? And then, yeah. Uh, and when uh, you
0: have what five or seven days or however many days <laughs> to actually figure all this stuff out, eh, maybe not.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, and this wasn't even a mission critical piece. This is just something I'm noodling <laughs> around with. I think I, I eventually wrapped it up on Saturday morning and I was like, this is fine for what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, it turns out that uh, one of the books, so we, we, you know, as part of the sponsorship, we were giving away like, some headphones and some books, um, and all this stuff was just basically like, Hey, Ash, like, what would you want to get? And I'm like, well, these Bose headphones, that uh, I think actually you, you got a pair of those when I did for uh-huh. some Adobe XD stuff back yes. in the day. And I've always really those liked headphones. those there, you know, the, the we could do a whole sidebar on headphones and I'm going to not do that right <laughs> now and just say that those are great headphones. And I think people know that they're good. So uh,
0: I have you, them right here.
1: You got the black one. See, I I went with silver myself, um, but maybe black was the right call because silver eventually flakes. uh, Uh, This is true. I mean, look, we're five years on, so who can complain? (laughs) So anyways, they said, you know, like, what would you want to get? And I'm like, well, noise cancelling headphones, always a good thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also, like, I don't know, my I I like books. I'm literally talking to you in front of a bookshelf here of full of programming books. And so I just kind of thumbed through and picked a few books off of the shelf. And, um, you know, we wanted the original idea was just to see, like, maybe there's some speakers there and they might think it's kind of cool for giving away one of those books. But
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: I actually had to make the list before I finished the scraper.
0: And no. but I'm telling
1: you, <laughs> I finished the scraper anyways, anyway. just because I really had to um, for me. Uh, and yes. I I don't know. I would, I, there was just one of those itches I had to scratch. So anyways, uh, but it turns out in retrospect, one of the funny things was having written the scraper, I realized that one of the speakers there indeed. Uh, had authored one of the books that I had recommended without realizing that this person was speaking. Nice. Uh, so in some ways the scraper just sort of validated at least one of my choices <laughs> for being like "Oh, this is a book you want.
0: What a nice happenstance there.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so silly. It's so silly. I don't know. Sometimes in the madness of just like trying to pull something off you go down all these different avenues. Um. <laughs> and
0: sometimes you need to like the. sometimes the distraction is, is, it, is, is what gets you over the finish line because your brain has a chance to re reset. Um, like these are reasons why I have like a piano in my office and occasionally we'll just ask chat GPT some random question because like it gives my brain that just little moment of, of reset time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where the more I get into, um, you know, kind of playing around with, uh, what I can do with chat GPT, you know, again, like it's not the, you cut down the tree or it will fall on your house. I don't think that <laughs> I don't feel that sort of um, uh, negative about it at all. Mm-hmm. I, I just find it to be like sort of the original, you can go back to the original Mac and the whole concept of bicycle for the mind kind of things. Like this is how I feel about that. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't want to, I, I think we've in the last couple of episodes, especially I've covered like that. You don't want to blindly just take what's in this thing and then, mm-hmm assume that that's correct and and we don't right like we're we're engaging but like in in a in a back and forth but the reality is there's something here where i feel that i again i I just don't know that i'm always necessarily moving faster but i have higher confidence that the things that i'm doing are more well rounded out yeah and well considered because i've just had someone to toss the ball back and forth with yeah
0: Well, yeah. And I find like the times when I've used it is like, it's really good at the patterns, especially the common patterns. It's like, I can do those patterns. That's not, not impossible for me to write out, but it will probably take me a couple rounds of a syntax error here or there or whatnot, so in some some of those ways, like I feel like it can be um, a little bit of a shortcut. Like you're still engaged. You're using your your developer mind. Does this code look reasonable? Does it make sense? Um, but like the asking it to turn something into a CSV, I can figure that out. If it can suggest a library that does it for me, that's a problem I don't need to solve again. <laughs> like I'm, I'm fine with it, you know, doing some of those shortcuts. And I think that's something that's really, good at um or doing like um like a little bit of the refactoring or changing up the syntax style or what have you and then um it's also great at discovering like um i was just before we started I, we were chatting about the chat gpt ios app and i was using it to ask a question about turning typescript dot uh, if you have a typescript definition file how can you turn that into some docs um and i asked it well could you write some markdown out of this? And it gave me a library and it's like, I I, I got my hopes up because it looked like it was a perfect library for it. It's like, uh, so immediately go to NPM, check it out. And it's like, yeah, okay. It hallucinated that one. But then I asked for another one. And it's like, okay, that one has promise. Um, so also being able to come up with things that you might not think of, even if you know about them, like the Google books API would not have been my first guess. Um, so it, that's handy too, because it, clearly it's been exposed to a lot more things than than my brain can hold in in at any given time (laughs) yeah
1: it's it's phenomenal I mean I've I've used it for all sorts of like little things even just like finding different options for for shopping um Mm -hmm. when I'm like hey here's some stuff like I'm not like wait hold on no because like one of the sorry (laughs) real time real time (laughs) -time memory happening (laughs) yeah yeah real time (laughs) editing so I was thinking like, well, I'm not actually looking for something like real time from the chat because mm-hmm. like chat GPT is like always happy to remind you that it hasn't seen any information since 2019 or 2021 or whenever that date is. Yeah, kind of cut off there. And and sometimes I'm just like, it's either hallucinating pretty accurately or sometimes <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how true that is because <laughs> it feels like sometimes like it knows things beyond. Right. That. Yes. But whatever. Um, and so one time, I was like, "Well, I had some stuff I wanted to buy, uh, and it has a plugin for is it Shopify's app? It's just called Shop. I assume that's Shopify. I don't know, um, but either way, like I, I put the I, I turned that plugin on, and then just kind of started talking to the chat about what I wanted, and eventually it would query." That shop app, and it actually found some stuff that uh, was right on the money. And I nice. don't know how I would have found that otherwise. Because, like, <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs>
0: yeah, searching a, is hard, right?
1: <laughs> searching sucks for things like that because, like, <laughs> everyone's like trying to be the first spot. And I'm like, really, just like, I here are my parameters, tell me if anything matches this. And, mm-hmm. um, I've had reasonable luck with that. I mean, I haven't been like doing crazy shopping with it, but like a couple of times I've used it, it was like pretty impressive, like how close it got to something that, like, uh, one of my purchasing decisions has already been based on um, recommendations from ChatGPT.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Kind of I crazy. may have to. I'll have to go try play with that to plug in a little bit and and see what comes up because I, I have a few things where um, I have um, some. Uh, webcam stuff that I want to do um, with streaming and things like that it's like okay there's a whole lot out there can I whittle down the list a little bit going into this and and I wonder if that plugin would be at all useful for this
1: <laughs> yeah as far as I know they are they didn't they open it up to people who like I think anybody can start using plugins as of like last week I mean, don't quote me on this but I seems think seems so. like
0: that I need to go back and look at that again but yeah it seems like that was opened up yeah, so I, I think I, I'm excited now
1: <laughs> you you you, of all people will find this particularly fascinating just from the extensibility point of view, like I'm the same, like I just find this like r- r- incredibly interesting to see like how they're kind of like going about it and mm-hmm. how you can also tell like uh, they're they're really gonna be playing catch up for a little while in terms of the, uh, what it means to have a marketplace of yes. extensibility products on your platform um, easier
0: said than done <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, they' done that <laughs> hard hard job right I, I've uh, seen it happen uh, you and I have worked on things like that or you know on platforms where that stuff was happening and and so yeah it's just really interesting as slowly like OpenAI has become a B2C company and the C the customers or the consumers are starting to have realizations about things they can't do in that marketplace like for mm-hmm. example search for plugins like that's not a thing you can do as of today but <laughs> with the the pace that OpenAI moves like <laughs> it may be possible well before we actually publish this episode so um, well
0: and if so, if not someone will surely have written a plugin that does the search and you just plug it in for it so there you go
1: <laughs> yeah Oh, hey, so I've got to ask uh, right towards the end of this, though, like are you you casually slipped in that you're talking about streaming or something like that, or are you thinking about doing some streaming sometime or are you already doing it?
0: Uh, sometime. I haven't started yet, um, but the thought has crossed my mind a few times. Like um, there's been um, a couple of games as of late where it's like, oh, I would have uh, that would have been fun to stream or just right up my alley. Um, so the thought is starting to cross my mind that I might might start giving that a go um and then it's like well shoot like mac os mac macbook webcams are fine they're not but like they're attached to the macbook and i've been seeing some really cool webcams out there that would be more give better quality and and so it's like okay i need to solve that problem first um and so that's that's kind of where i'm at now but there's been a few where just because they're either um the one i would mention um caught me by surprise, which was dredge, which I think we mentioned the last time we, we chatted, but there's another one that, um, cyan, uh, just released and makers of mist, um, all of that jazz. They just released a new one. it's like, that one would have been fun to, uh, to do some streaming with. Cause I, there's some of it out there, but there's not a whole lot. Um, cause it's like literally dropped two days ago, I think. Um, and, but boy, boy, do I have opinions about, um, game, some, Frustrations around game development and the state of game development these days, which it would be maybe an interesting perspective to put on it as a developer playing, not a developer playing games, you know, encountering problems and chatting about that a little bit. So we'll see.
1: (laughs) Well, that's cool. Um, I I don't know why I just assumed that you might mention something like uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Have you even like I I, have. I skipped the first weekend uh, because (laughs) I knew I was like already underwater with all of everything. Yes,
0: it is. That is not something that I should get for maybe a couple more weeks um, because (laughs) of everything else going on. Like like um, the couple of games that I have tried, like they're short. They're relatively short. Like I think Dredge, I I did in eight or nine hours and like you could do it much faster than that Um, versus like I know me and open world games. There's a couple things that need to happen at work before I let myself download that game.
1: <laughs> that's cool. Well, that tells me that maybe there's something interesting to be looking forward to in a couple of weeks. Question mark? But
0: <laughs> question mark? Question mark? <laughs> Suspense.
1: Yeah, but I, I that's a that's
0: really cool. I
1: once you get into that, I'm definitely I don't know if on this podcast <laughs> or not, but like I definitely want to ask you about it because like there's just like. I it's yeah what can I even say I can't even get a sentence out it's blowing my mind uh, and I really didn't expect that to happen I kind of walked into it going like all right this is gonna be a reskinned breath of the wild
0: right well that's kind of what my expectations were and it's like the little bit I've seen like I haven't let myself go very far but it's like okay this is not
1: Yeah, it's definitely worth your time. The problem is, like, where does that time come from? <laughs> Finding
0: that time. Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, we have... Um, uh, Adobe has the company break coming up around July 4th and all of that stuff. So that'll be a perfect time, I think, to actually sit down and play some games that I can actually settle down in. Um, so I'll add that to my list.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, like... <laughs> It's always tough, right? Because like games are always fun, but I'd rather be scripting.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of I'd Rather Be Scripting. If you love scripting, terminals, Z shell, JavaScript development, and other random technology tangents as much as we do, we'd love to hear from you. You can always leave a review on your preferred podcasting platform, or you can reach out to us via the social links on our website, idratherbescripting.com. Until next time, I'd rather be scripting.